From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. I am Jennifer Schott, budget and appropriations reporter. And we have breaking news as we tape our podcast on Friday morning, uh, because the House just moments ago did pass the Build Back Better bill, this major social spending and climate change package that they have been struggling for months to come to agreement on. A party line vote, 220 to 213. It's been a roller coaster 24 hours, uh, but they finally got it done, Jen. The House GOP leader, Kevin McCarthy, mounted something similar to a Senate filibuster using his what's referred to as a magic minute for House leadership, where they can really speak as long as they want to on the House floor and only technically take up a minute of debate time. And this is something where uh, Democrats and Republicans have used this in the past to try to bring attention to their opposition to legislation uh, and to try to delay final passage. The House is obviously very different than the Senate and that the minority doesn't have the type of ability to hold off uh, legislation the way they do in the Senate. Um, And so McCarthy spoke overnight Thursday for about eight and a half hours um, and really delayed that final vote until Friday morning uh, when the House came in around 8 a.m. and Speaker Nancy Pelosi gave final comments on the reconciliation package and then the House voted Um, uh, mostly along party lines with one Democrat, Jared Golden of Maine, breaking um, to vote against the reconciliation package. But it is now officially on its way to the Senate, David. You know, McCarthy's speech was so remarkable on a number of levels. It really spoke to me, Jen, on to how bitter it really is up there now, how bitter Republicans are about this package that they have despised from the get-go, saying it's too big, it's going to overheat the economy, it's going to accelerate inflation. Um, And all of the, you could see how angry McCarthy was in in giving that speech. Uh, And it just underscored the partisan tensions that have been put to a boiling point here as this package tries to go through you know, without any Republican support, this is something Democrats are trying to do on their own in a party line process, this budget reconciliation process. And it got so bitter. Uh, and, and McCarthy was just rambling from one topic to another just to kill the time, just to delay the vote Thursday night, that finally about three hours into his speech, I mean, Nancy Pelosi took the unusual step of issuing a press release with a headline saying, is Kevin McCarthy okay? I mean, that was her rebuttal to him, which she couldn't do on the floor. So she did it that way. I mean, it was just so bitter. Uh, and that's not going to go away. Um, and so now the issue is, this bill is heading to the Senate, 50-50 Senate. They need every Senate Democrat to vote for this thing. And look how bitter it is. And it's, and it's been fraught in the Senate too. And so the question is, can they can they get it done there? Clearly, the bill is still headed for changes in order to in order to get get out of the Senate, which means it's going to come back to the House. You know, we're not done by a long shot. Right. This is still a long process ahead for Democrats with considerable negotiations within the party 
really trying to weave the vision that progressive Democrats have for the future of the country and moderate Democrats have for the future of the country. And of course, we are not done with uh, the playing, tuning into every uh, sort of comment in turn of the turn of the key from West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, because he has all, some concerns about various provisions in this House bill, um, including the four weeks of paid family and medical leave. Uh, Senator Manchin has give, given somewhat cryptic comments to reporters um, throughout the past week in the Senate. Uh, where he has said, you know, maybe so the Congress should wait until the new year to see what happens with inflation before taking up the legislation. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, sort of batted that idea aside and said that the Senate would be taking up this reconciliation package before Christmas. Uh, Schumer also just put out a statement uh, a few minutes after that House vote saying as soon as is technically and practically possible. Um, the Senate will take up the reconciliation package. Uh, the Senate's rules uh, regarding the reconciliation process are a bit stricter than the House's. Of course, we've all spent the last week hearing a lot and reading a lot about the so-called parliamentary scrub, which is where Democrats just made sure that none of the provisions in this package violated the privilege of the reconciliation process in the Senate. And that essentially means they can just continue using that reconciliation process and they wouldn't lose that ability to advance it through the Senate uh, on a simple majority vote. Uh, and so what comes next is sort of continuing what's referred to as the birdbath, where the Senate parliamentarian hears from Democrats and Republicans about various elements of the reconciliation package to determine whether or not they recall they comply with the so-called bird rule, um, which is actually a law. It's actually in statute. So it's not just a Senate rule. It is a law that this provision has to comply with. And so that is going to be happening over the Thanksgiving break and potentially into uh, December as well. But it sounds like as soon as that is up, the Senate will be beginning its uh, debate process, which, of course, includes a voterama. Right. So all that work still to come. But Pelosi, to her credit, was able to hold her troops together here after weeks of struggling and weeks of negotiating. Uh, every House Democrat except one voted for this bill today, Friday. Uh, the only dissenter was Jared Golden of Maine, who is a more centrist uh, figure. And he objected uh, mostly because of this of this deduction for state and local taxes issue. Uh, you know, they this bill calls for increasing the cap that they that's placed on on how much you can deduct from state and local taxes on your federal return. Uh, it's been widely criticized by Republicans, in fact, as a as a tax cut for millionaires and that's the argument Golden is making, too, saying he wants to get rid of that or limit that. Uh, and that will be an issue in the, when it goes to the Senate. But other than him, all the House Democrats held together to vote for this bill. And they did that after the long-awaited official score or price tag came in from the Congressional Budget Office on Thursday uh, that they'd been waiting for for weeks uh, to show whether this bill does or does not pay for itself or whether it would add to the deficit. 
And the CBO really gave, I think, uh, enough ammunition there that for both sides to use, and you can interpret the numbers however you like based on where you're sitting on this bill. And I think both sides of the argument did that. Um, and it was it was a it was it made it a confusing kind of score. With the big dispute here being how much revenue would they get from increasing IRS tax enforcement? Uh, the the White House is very optimistic on that, saying you can get up to four hundred billion dollars in new revenue over the decade uh, by uh, you know hiring all these extra IRS agents and stepping up enforcement. The CBO is much more cautious saying, no, it only generates about $200 billion in new revenue. And that difference accounts for whether the bill sort of pays for itself or not. Um, and so both sides had ammunition there to use. And But in, in the end, the, the Democratic moderates, the centrists who had been holding out, pushing to delay this vote until they saw a CBO score, ended up saying they were comfortable enough with this to say, yes, the bill largely pays for itself. There's disputes around the edges, but they think it largely pays for itself. And they were saying they do think it'll generate more revenue than the CBO will acknowledge on, on tax enforcement. And so they're now comfortable going ahead with this. Whether Joe Manchin's that comfortable in the Senate doesn't look like it right now. That remains to be seen. But Pelosi got all her troops on board. Yeah, I have a feeling that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Manchin are going to be speaking um, quite frequently <laughs> during the next couple weeks, really going potentially even line by line through the House passed bill uh, and trying to get a sense of, you know, I don't know that everyone loves 100% of this bill in the Democratic Party, but I think a lot of members have been willing to say, you know, I'm going to vote for this. Um, because it gets us most of the way to where they want to go or because they like most of the bill. And so I think that's really the question right now for Senator Manchin is, you know, he doesn't like four weeks of paid family and medical leave. Would he vote against the reconciliation package um, if it includes four weeks of paid family and medical leave? Right? Are these things that he doesn't necessarily like about various elements of the package? Do they add up to enough um, to lead him to vote against the package as a whole. And then, of course, the other question is that the Senate floor process for this reconciliation package is going to be vastly different than the House process. Republicans in the House were not able to put up any amendments on the floor uh, back when the House marked up its original $3.5 trillion reconciliation package in early September. Republicans were able to offer amendments in committee but once that bill got to the House floor, there was not an amendment process. The Senate, because of the reconciliation process rules in that chamber, Republicans can put forward and call for votes on as many amendments on the floor as they want. And so obviously in a 50-50 Senate, Republicans, particularly when they're led by McConnell, are very strategic about this. And so they are going to be putting forward a lot of amendments uh, geared specifically at Mansion and various provisions of this package where they know Mansion is not particularly happy or Mansion wants to make tweaks and changes. And so the big challenge for Schumer and Democratic leadership heading into this Senate floor vote is to try to get this package to a place, most likely through a manager's amendment, where Mansion 
and other centrist Democrats in the Senate would vote down every single Republican amendment. Um, and so that's going to be the really big challenge over there. Because, of course, Democratic leadership does not want this package to change substantially in a way that could um, endanger its final enactment. And so that's going to be the really big challenge moving forward in the Senate. Yeah, it's going to be a tough balancing act that Democrats have to do over there. And we know, Jen, that some of this bill is likely to change, right? I mean, th- this this paid family leave program, Manchin just doesn't want it in this bill, um, he thinks it should be handled separately. How they handle that is a, is a big deal. And then this, this state and local tax deduction issue still isn't done. They have to find a way to appease all sides on that. Um, because of this charge that it's a tax cut for millionaires, they have to address that. Bernie Sanders, the Senate budget chairman, has talked about putting an income cap on who qualifies for that um, to address that concern. But whether that flies, we don't know. Uh, and there may be other issues popping in. And then, of course, you have the whole debate over immigration. You have this whole procedural question of of uh, what measures are going to survive in the Senate under the Byrd rule. Uh, so there's still a lot of messy stuff they have to deal with here um, that's going to take some weeks to sort out. Right, David. And so this is going to be a process that most likely takes us into mid-December, I think is the best case scenario here. Yeah. So we got some we got some work to do still on this on this bill and we'll be covering it all for you. And just a reminder, next week we will be off for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll be back the following week. Uh, that does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is CQ Podcast, one word at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. 